0: Thanks for listening to the Granary Church Podcast. For more information, head to granary.org.au or follow us on social media at The Granary Church. Ephesians four thirty-one 32 Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God gave you. We're in the middle of a challenge on the power of prayer. And today, following on from last week's message on confession, we're going to look at the prayer of forgiveness. And forgiveness is an incredible concept. It seems to go completely against our human nature. It seems to counter this desire that we're born with um, for justice, a desire that we hold pretty dear from when we're little children. My first full-time job was as a school psychologist and one of the things I had to do was that one morning every week I had to go and do a playground duty in the kindergarten section. Now this meant that I had to do lots of the same things over and over again like doing up shoelaces and um, the thing that took up most of my time was sorting out all of the injustices that were happening. So if somebody said a word they shouldn't have went into the girls' toilets when they weren't supposed to or out of bounds or weren't out in a game that they were playing, it would all get reported to me. And I spent my whole time working out these little injustices for these little people. See, no one gets away with anything in kindergarten. Uh, Justice is what it's all about. You know, I don't think forgiveness is naturally on the radar of five- or six-year-olds. But to be honest, I don't think it's naturally on anyone's radar no matter what our age is, it seems to be something that we have to learn. But even though forgiveness might not come naturally, when it comes to hurt and pain in our relationships, forgiveness is probably the most powerful healing tool that we have. Our understanding of the power of forgiveness comes from both our knowledge of the detrimental effects of unforgiveness And the beneficial effects of forgiveness. See, unforgiveness leads to bitterness and misery. I've heard it said that harbouring unforgiveness is like holding a little bottle of poison. And every time that you see the person that hurt you, you take a little sip, thinking that you're poisoning the other person. But of course, all you're doing is poisoning yourself. I remember a friend of mine saying that she hated Andrew Johns, the former Newcastle Knights footballer. Now, This wasn't just the standard sort of support, footy supporter banter. She was really intense about this. For some reason that she didn't care to share, she had felt that Andrew Johns had let her down, presumably by not winning enough premierships with the Knights or something like that. And I remember her saying to me once, he knows what he's done. Every time I see him at the shops, I look straight at him and he looks straight back at me. And I can tell by the look in his eyes that he knows exactly what he's done. Now, I wasn't so sure that Andrew Johns did know what he had done. I mean, if I was shopping for my fruit and veggies at Jesmond Fruit Barn and some strange lady is giving me a prolonged dirty look from behind the half-priced mangoes, I would probably give her a strange look back too. Sadly for my friend, her unforgiveness was poisoning her more than it was hurting Andrew Johns. I'm sure he just went and did his shopping elsewhere. Unforgiveness is poison for us. And just as unforgiveness is toxic for us, so is forgiveness freedom for us. So effective is forgiveness in the relational healing process that tons of research has been dedicated to understanding its benefits more. Everything from its benefit in marriage to its role in the recovery from trauma. Psychological research has indicated that forgiveness leads to better mental health and cardiovascular health for the person who has been hurt. And research also indicates that expressed forgiveness does actually reduce the probability of an offence being repeated by the offender. Forgiveness is an incredible thing. In the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Ephesus. And like most of his letter, he addresses a range of things when he's writing to the church. But one of the main themes of this book is a theme of unity and unity within the church. And in the middle of Ephesians, Paul speaks specifically to this topic of unity. And in chapter 4, verse 31 and 32, we read this, Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Here Paul follows his comments about ridding ourselves of bitterness, rage, anger, and malice with a focus on forgiveness. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Forgiveness leads to freedom from bitterness. Forgiveness leads to freedom from division. Forgiveness leads to freedom from rage. Forgiveness leads to freedom from needing to put others down. Freedom from hostility. Freedom from pain. Forgiveness leads to freedom. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. I like to dance. Now, there are two types of dancers, those that have learned how to dance through some sort of lessons and those who were just born to dance. And I like to think of myself as belonging to the latter group, just being born to dance. I used to sing in a band and I remember um, performing one night at this pub and afterwards one of our friends had another friend that she'd invited who came along and after after the show she said to a friend, look, they were fantastic. the music was really good. They were all uh, really great and everything they did. And then she said something uh, interesting. She said, and the singer, he's a great dancer. You can definitely tell he's had professional training. Now, let me tell you, there is no dance school in the world that teaches the way I move. It's all natural. I was just born to dance that way. Now, for those of you who aren't natural dancers, there are a few ways that you can learn to dance. As far as I can tell, bearing in mind I haven't had any training, I'm just a natural dancer, but from what I can tell from other people who have learned to dance, there are a few ways you can do this. One is you can have someone tell you how to dance. They can describe where to put your feet, how to move your hips, and how to keep in time. However, it's challenging to learn how to dance by merely being told about it. The second way is you can have someone show you It's far easier to show someone a dance move than it is to describe it to them. And then there is a third way, and that is to dance with someone who already knows how to dance. When that happens, you can follow their lead, you can lock into their rhythm, and before you know it, you're on your way. This is the invitation we have with forgiveness. You can study forgiveness. You can even watch someone forgive someone else. But let me tell you the very best way that you can learn how to live in the freedom of forgiveness. Be forgiven yourself. And you will never find a better teacher than experiencing forgiveness with the one who invented the whole idea in the first place. You want to know how to forgive? Then experience the extravagant forgiveness of Jesus for yourself. Forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. In the Gospel of John in chapter 8, we read a powerful story of how God forgives us, and we'll read from verse 2. At dawn, he, Jesus, appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this Those who heard began to go away, one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left, with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. And neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. Now the Bible doesn't tell us here what Jesus was writing in the dust. But it was common for the priest to write down the accusations against people that were brought before him in the dust or sand of the temple floor courts. Maybe Jesus started writing down the accusations against this lady and then moved on to writing everyone else in the crowd. Maybe that's why one by one they back up out of there. If we're going to play the justice game, then none of us are getting off. Like Paul writes in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I want to focus on two things from this lady's experience of the forgiveness of Jesus. Firstly, Jesus did not dismiss the gravity of her sin. He did not say, don't worry about it. He didn't say, that's okay, when she fell sobbing and shaking at his feet. There is no minimizing the heartbreaking ramifications of her infidelity. Jesus' forgiveness doesn't downplay the horrible and devastating damage of our sin. Look at the cross. Look at the price Jesus had to pay, not just for this lady, but for me and for you. Look at how he was falsely accused. Look at how his friends betrayed and abandoned him. Look at how his skin was ripped bare. Look at his nakedness and humiliation. Look at how he struggled to breathe. Look at how he was mocked. Look at how he was given no relief. Look at how under the weight of the horror of every single sin anyone has ever committed and will ever commit, the father turned away and Jesus collapsed in despair and gave up his last breath. Forgiveness has a cost. Forgiveness comes at a steep price. Forgiveness does not just pass over the matter as if it was nothing. God's forgiveness, first of all, takes the weight of the offence and acknowledges it, feels it, suffers it. God's forgiveness isn't about downplaying our offence. But then comes a second aspect of God's forgiveness that I want to draw on here. Then comes the freedom. What did this lady leave the temple courts with that day? Did she leave having to do X, Y, and Z to make things right? No. She left without the weight of her punishment. Each stone had been physically left behind there. Each stone that was intended for her and for her sin and for her offense, each stone was left behind there. She left with the freedom to face the consequences of her sin with hope. She left with the freedom to go and sin no more, to make a fresh start. God's forgiveness brings freedom. When I finished university, I did what a lot of people my age did, and I went backpacking around Europe. Now, it's important to note the, uh, the word backpacking here as that was key to the experience. And this wasn't just a, a backpack that you sort of sling over your shoulder and uh, take with you, you know, um, on the train or to the beach or on your bike or whatever. No, this was a different sort of backpack. Uh, this was a sort of backpack that had tent poles for back supports, and you could literally fit everything you've ever owned into this backpack. And the only problem with these backpacks was that they weighed a ton. And I remember to put it on, I had to lift it onto a chair and then I had to squat down in front of that chair, put my arms through and then slowly lift myself up in order to be able to stand up with this thing on my back. Walking anywhere in it was a serious mission. So typically when we'd arrive in a new place and we'd step off the train in a new country, I'd walk straight to the nearest Backpackers Hostel with this thing attached to my back, and it was exhausting work and I'd feel hot, sore, tired, and literally like the weight of the world was on my shoulders the whole time. And because I was so determined to get rid of this thing, I would walk straight past things like the Eiffel Tower or London Bridge or the Colosseum and pay them absolutely no attention because I was so burdened by this backpack. But once I had it off, once I was able to get it off my back and lay it down, then it was sweet relief. And it wouldn't matter if I was sweaty and tired and sore from carrying it around. Suddenly, because it was gone, I had the energy then to go back out and to look around and to take in everything that I'd missed. I could see all of the amazing things around me, things that I hadn't noticed before. When we've sinned and we've not come to Jesus for forgiveness, we too walk around with a weight on our back, and it makes us tired, irritated, and miserable. We look down and we miss the opportunities around us. Jesus uses the even stronger language of slavery, to describe the impact of living with sin. Further down in John chapter 8, in verse 34, Jesus says this, Very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. But once you've experienced his forgiveness, the weight is lifted. The shame and guilt are left there with the stones in the temple courtyard. If the Son has set you free, you are indeed free. This is what God's forgiveness is like. It takes the full weight, the full cost of our sin, and it lifts it from our shoulders. It enables us to move freely, to no longer be hunched over under the weight of bitterness and pain. Forgive each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Let's put aside the poison of unforgiveness for the freedom of forgiveness. Let's move closer to Jesus, bring him our shame and our mistakes and our dysfunction, and let him forgive us. Let's experience his life-changing power of his forgiveness. And in doing so, we can begin to extend that same forgiveness to the world around us. And that will never minimize the pain that sin may cause, but it will lead to freedom. If we can master the dance of forgiveness, then we can start to see our world change. Forgive as he has forgiven you.